Hello, hello, and welcome back to Own Your Ish. This is your host, Cynthia Korn, and I am really excited to get going today to talk about boundaries. Um, I have really been working myself on creating better boundaries and trying to figure out exactly when, where, and how to set up boundaries, and really just most importantly, learning actually what are boundaries and how they benefit not only me, but others as well. And so, you know, just to kind of kick things off, I know some of us are always wondering, like, what exactly are boundaries? What does this look like? How how does, how does do we even recognize, um, like, when somebody else is putting out boundaries? And, and so that when we become more aware of what boundaries are, what they look like, how to set them for ourselves, and also to provide boundaries for others, we can kind of start recognizing when others have their own boundaries and are trying to enforce them. Um, you know, when we think about boundaries, boundaries are just established to keep you kind of mentally and emotionally safe and stable, right? Like think about when you get really angry or upset or frustrated with somebody else because of how they're acting, what they're saying, you know, how they're treating you, uh, what they're asking you to do, what they're not asking you to do, you know, thinking about, you know, what access do people have to us? Is it too much? Is it too little? Is it not safe? Is it is it not you know, serving us in the long run? And so when we think about boundaries, these are things that we put into place to keep us very safe mentally and emotionally. Because when we have solid boundaries, we understand the purpose of these boundaries. And then also kind of what to expect when you're setting the boundaries, when you're first putting it out there. Like once we get that under control, we, we really start to like, love boundaries. I, I thought for certain that if I put up too many boundaries or if I made them too strong, then I wouldn't be approachable and maybe people wouldn't, you know, be receptive to me and maybe they would just end up saying, you know what, forget it. That's, it's too much work to be around you, too many boundaries. And, you know, I think about as an adult now, but as an educator, when I was, you know, younger, you know, early twenties, early to mid twenties, I started thinking about how I started off in teaching where I, I know that I started off very kind of loosey goosey and just kind of figuring it out as I went. What I recognized is that I started to have a lot of frustrations and I was getting really upset and over things where about, you know, the way students would behave or things that they would do and say in my classroom that I didn't want to have happen. When I took a look at my own practices, I realized that I wasn't setting enough boundaries for the kids. And any teacher who knows and any parent who is well-versed in setting boundaries for your kids, our, our youth uh, craves them. They really need those boundaries that are set up for them. And what we fail to realize, though, is it's not just little kids or our young adolescents that need boundaries. We all need them because what boundaries also help us to do is to navigate and helps us to know this is okay and this isn't okay. When I think about Brene Brown and how she describes boundaries, that's exactly what she says. She says it helps us to know what's okay and what's not okay. You know, and it's like without boundaries, we just kind of let people get away with shit that they shouldn't, right? Like it's just allowing them to do whatever, whenever. And it's when we have lack of boundaries or very poorly defined and enforced boundaries that leads us to being angry and resentful. And, you know, it's, it's really 
difficult for us to navigate and be in relationships when we have poor boundaries, you know, and it's oftentimes we get into these spaces where we don't put out boundaries and we don't enforce them or we have very weak boundaries simply because we care more about what other people think than we do about like kind of caring for ourselves. And society has has really kind of conditioned us to think that this is what we need to do, right? And so, and meaning, like they condition us to think what other people think about us. What what should, you know, oh my gosh, I don't want to, you know, upset anyone else. I don't want them to think of me, you know, as being too tough. Um, as females, I know oftentimes we hear, oh, uh, you know, especially as leaders, right? When we step up and step up into a leadership position, we often hear, oh, she's such a bitch or she's just so hard. Um, and, and we, we often, when we set boundaries, get that kind of pushback. And, and so we tend to kind of scale them back or we have weak boundaries or we don't enforce them very well because we we know that sometimes we're going to get that pushback and are told that we are too hard or you know called names when we set those boundaries and and oftentimes we also don't want to disappoint others thinking about that such as you know when people are asking you to help do you actually have time do you have capacity for that and if we don't and we just continue to allow ourselves to move into spaces where we're helping others, even when we don't have time or capacity or even the ability to help others, we often don't enforce that boundary by saying, no, I can't right now or this is just not something I want to be involved in because we don't want to disappoint. So then we get into that cycle of yes, we just say yes to everything and that doesn't serve anyone. And again, that leads to more resentfulness and anger and just this general feeling of being frustrated. And we can avoid a lot of this by placing boundaries. Now, boundaries are also a very critical part of self-care. Like this, this builds autonomy. It allows us to say, here's what I can do and what I will do. And here's what I won't do. Right. So when we place up those boundaries, it, it protects us, right? It keeps our energies in, it keeps us safe. And, and boundaries are also meant to keep people on the outside because not everybody needs to have full, unfettered, without any bound, you know, boundaryless access to you. And when I mean that not everybody deserves to have access to you, I mean they don't deserve to have access to your mental space, your emotional space, your physical space, right? So we think about what do these boundaries look like to keep us safe and to help others stay safe as well, because we don't want to engage in activities with others who are not respecting our boundaries. And so as we think about, you know, why boundaries are important, and we can say that Yes, it's important because it keeps us emotionally and mentally safe, but it also, you know, when we think about what happens if we don't have boundaries, you know, one may find themselves struggling with identity or codependencies or maybe just being enmeshed with somebody else. And that's what happens when we don't have boundaries. We just become so wrapped up into others that we really don't know who we are. I know specifically my, my own journey with boundaries was that, you know, I got into becoming a principal, not really because I wanted to, but because somebody else said, you know what, I think you'd be really great at it. And they, you know, kind of pushed and I didn't want to disappoint. So I just said, yes. 
Now, in the long run, was I a good principal? Yes, I, I will say that I was very good. I had a lot of great feedback. And so the person who pushed me into this space, uh, she was right. But, you know, I, I wonder what would that conversation have looked like had I known my own boundaries and said, you know, this isn't really what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I think being a principal helped me to appreciate education in a different way. But I'm also wondering, would I not have left? Would I still be in teaching right now if I had not gotten into the administration position? Um, and I will say, if you are becoming a leader, uh, whether it's in the schooling system or whether it's in whatever field that you were in, when you become a leader, you need to very quickly set boundaries for yourself and for others. Otherwise, you will find yourself in a space that I definitely was my first year where I was, again, saying yes to everything and kind of letting people do too much. And, you know, it just it confused kind of those lines between leadership and employees. And so that's one way that I, I really started to see for myself the importance of boundaries and how I, I really let myself kind of get wrapped up into stuff that I didn't need to because I didn't enforce those boundaries. I didn't, you know, say, yes, I can do this and no, I won't. And it, so I, I shared that because, you know, boundaries are not easy. And, you know, when you get to the point, um, that you're ready to set boundaries, something that you can ask yourself, you know, or tell yourself, um, again, this is, goes back to Brene Brown and how she talks about boundaries. She says, are boundaries big enough? You know, so boundaries are needed so that I can remain in my integrity and make the most generous assumptions about folks. So boundaries, integrity, and generous. So when we think about boundaries, it also helps us to recognize that maybe somebody else it's just doing the best that they can. And so when we set boundaries, not only for ourselves, it helps the other people know how they can interact with us, what's okay and what's not okay. And, you know, I, I think about also to have this kind of like generous mindset around others as they are on their own boundary journeys. You know, are, are we asking too much of friends, of family, of coworkers, of people that we know that we interact with? Um, are we respecting their boundaries? Are, are we adhering to what they say that they're okay with and what they're not okay with? Or are we pushing, trying to convince, or even trying to manipulate others into letting their boundaries down? And that's a question only you will be able to answer. But as you reflect on the boundaries that you're setting, are they helping or enabling? Are the lack of boundaries helping or enabling? And that's enabling yourself and others. And so when we think about boundaries, we're thinking about, you know, how can we set better boundaries? This was always my question that I asked my therapist when we started to dive into this portion of, you know, of, of my work that I did, my self-work was thinking about how do I establish good boundaries? And I knew that I needed better boundaries in my personal relationships when I was first dating because I didn't want to make the same mistakes as I had in my previous relationships. And I knew that a lot of that was going to have to come with the fact that I needed better boundaries. And so when we think about, you know, how can we set better boundaries? There are four different areas that I'm going to encourage you to look at and reflect on first. As we get to the end of the podcast, uh, I'll give you a few examples of what, po of what uh, positive boundaries look like. And so when we think about the four common boundaries that you want to take a look at, I want you to review your physical, 
right? So we think about six feet during COVID. This worked wonders, <laughs> right? Because we had that physical barrier put into place for safety reasons, right? So we're going to stay six feet apart so that we don't transmit a disease. So when you think about your physical boundaries, and, and this really is physical, do you need people to be arm's length away? Are you okay with people being closer to your physical space? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I always think about physical boundaries when I think about the movie Dirty Dancing, right? Where they're learning to, uh, to dance and, and he's telling her about how to hold your arms appropriately. This is my space, that is your space, and you stay in yours. And, and that's a silly example, but it really is in how we define what is okay and what's not okay. So when we think about physical boundaries, I'm someone who it really kind of depends for me on physical boundaries on how close I let people get. So for people that I know really well and that I'm comfortable with, right, I feel safe with them on multiple levels, I'm okay if you're in my personal space. I'm okay if you come in for a hug, you know, without asking, you know, directly and specifically, can, can I give you a hug, right? So as I think about families and things like that, it's still good to ask, you know, is it okay to give you a hug? Is that a right? If this is an established thing that you've made okay with somebody, thinking about if it becomes not okay, what do you need to say? And how do you, how do you want to communicate that? But for me, I try to keep everybody at an arm's length distance. And a lot of times that's simply because of the fact that I am extremely claustrophobic. So I don't like a lot of people in my space. Okay. And so like, I think about even the fact when I have to tell my stepdaughter, she's, you know, just a young child and she's also on the spectrum. So, um, she loves to be just like glued to my hip. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like, you know, a barnacle on a ship that never really leaves. It's just kind of attached themselves to you. And, um, I, I love it at times, but when I need that space, like if it starts to become too much or if I need for her to be at a different side uh, of me or I need to have some space so that I can move or do something, I do have to communicate directly. So often I will say, hey, Alan, I know that you would like to sit next to me. Right now you're sitting really close. If you could scoot over a little bit, that would be great. I'm going to sit here and you sit there. Again, I know that I'm talking to a young child who's on the spectrum, and so that is very simplified and may even sound childish. But thinking about when we are direct and clear about our boundaries, it lets people know where they can be and where they can't. And don't we want to know that? It, it just gives everybody space to understand what, what they can and can't do without having to question it. Like, could I? Could I not? And I will say, when it comes to physical space, just a general reminder for everybody, ask first. Is this okay? Because what, what you won't know, and this is me, again, thinking with my generous thoughts, my generous assumptions about folks, is that I want to always kind of think about the fact that somebody needs their physical space just like I do. So I don't want to encroach on someone's physical space. Even when we're sitting like at sporting events, if it's a bench type situation, is it okay if we sit here? Because what's happening is even though we are in a, you know, this, this space that's shared. So I'm thinking like at Arrowhead Stadium or, you know, you're thinking at, at, you know, football games are usually where I think of the most of these stands and you go and you sit, even though it is a shared collective space, it's still good to ask if I can come in and I can sit because that is helping you to establish 
A, permission, and B, the boundaries of where they think that that's okay. And so, you know, the second uh, common boundary that I want you to think about is morals, right? So the, the moral boundaries that we set. So this is values. You know, what if someone crosses this? How will you address it? When will you address it? Um, you know, we, I think about one of the values that I have very clearly, and I, I know that this has unfortunately become very politicized, but you know, for me, one of my values that I hold very dear is that Black Lives Matter. And that when people are, you know, coming to me with their racist comments, um, dripping in whiteness, uh, it, it is hard. And what do I say and how do I react to that? And so I, I think about the fact that when somebody crosses a moral boundary with me, I am going to address it. Now, this has come with a lot of self-work and self-knowing, meaning I know myself. I know what my values are. And so when someone crosses that, I now feel like I have to say something. I have to address it because it's not okay. And so when we think about that, I want you to think about as you're setting those moral boundaries, what are your values? And that may even be a whole other topic that you need to dive into. Because again, when we haven't set clear boundaries for ourselves, let alone others, we often get like enmeshed and wrapped up into somebody else so much so that we don't have our own identity. Are your values the same as someone else, right? So when we think about, you know, simple things, are you okay with being in a relationship with somebody who, who has different values than you do? And this is a relationship of friendship. It's a relationship that you may have with a significant other. Uh, this may even be relationships with your family. I will say there are members of my family who are openly and unapologetically racist and they don't want to see it or they can't see it or they just refuse to acknowledge that it's happening. And that's just not something I can be a part of, right? That that's a value to me. Uh, Anti-racism is something that is super important. And I have made this very clear, abundantly clear that I can't have people in my life that are racist, right? You don't get to have that type of access to me and my family if you are going to go against my value of anti-racism, because it's just, it's not okay. Being racist is not okay. So when we think about moral values, thinking about how you are going to establish your values and then knowing what happens when someone crosses that boundary, because this is something that you need to keep in mind as you're setting boundaries. What is okay and what's not okay and what happens when somebody crosses those boundaries? Because it's not if, it's when. Now, the third common boundary that I want you to take a look at as you're starting to set your own boundaries is emotional. And this is related to your, you know, is it related to your thoughts and or feelings? And can you separate your feelings from others, right? So when we think about emotional boundaries, we think about, um, you know, as somebody says, you made me so mad or what you said and what you did made me feel da 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 Okay, this is where I set my emotional boundary because it is not on me to take ownership of your emotions. So when someone says, you know, if they take accountability for their emotions, I feel really upset when you do X. It makes me feel 
whatever type of way they want to say. And here's what I need instead. That is a healthy boundary that they're setting and they're also letting me know that I crossed one of their boundaries. And so in, in that sense, I can then engage in a conversation and we can start to figure out exactly A, how I'll make things better and B, it helps kind of establish that boundary that I know that I don't need to cross in the future. So again, when we think about emotional, how can I detach myself from others? This was a really hard boundary because I wanted to take on everybody's, everybody's emotions. And I, I felt like, you know, I could do anything and everything in my powers to make people feel better, but we just can't. You know, I often said this to my students when they would say, you just make me so mad. I said, okay, if I can make you mad, then be happy right now. Be happy. No, 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 now be sad, be sad. And when they can't, right, we start engaging in that conversation about, I can't make you feel any type of way, only you can decide how you're going to respond to something, okay? And it's when we start to own that ownership, right? That's part of owning our shit, owning, owning our own emotions and knowing that we feel some type of way because of things that we've been through, our lived experiences, how we experience different avenues of life. And so again, when we think about this emotional side, it's okay to say your actions caused me to feel some type of way. And it's because of this, right? Like I understand that emotions are going to come up, but we, we do have to own that for ourselves. And that's why it's important to own those emotional boundaries so that you will know where you need to disconnect, right? Where you need to connect where it's okay, where it's not okay. And then finally, the fourth common boundary is financial. And this is probably the toughest one because for years, you know, money would felt like such a taboo topic. And sometimes that happens because maybe we grew up without money. So it's just not something that we needed to talk about or couldn't talk about because if all you have is just enough to get by, then that's where you're at, right? When we start thinking about financial though, this is where I want you to start thinking about guidelines for lending and forgiving, donating, asking for money. What, what does this look like? So when we think about lending money, I know that I won't give money to someone expecting it to come back. So that means that I have a boundary that I will only give the money that I can afford to lose. Let me say that again. I will only give money that I can afford to lose. Because when I give money, I don't expect it to come back. It is a wonderful kickback when somebody says, I I'm, pay I'm paying you back for all the money that I gave you. And if I give money to someone without saying, right, and establishing the boundaries around that, saying like, I'm gonna give you $1,000 knowing that you're going to pay me back. I would like to be paid back. You know, it's basically this, this written contract or unwritten contract, you know, if that works for you too. But what that does is it helps me to realize that when someone is asking for financial help, I will have to say no. Like we had two young men that were staying with us last summer and we were helping them. And part of it was financial, right? Part of it was that we were giving them money. We were allowing them to, you know, you know have some fun and, and just be kids for a little bit. And what happened though is 
there were other boundaries, right? Some emotional boundaries, some moral values, and, or moral boundaries, and some physical boundaries that were crossed, right? So things and expectations and boundaries that we had set in place were not being adhered to. And so at that point in time, it was like, you know what? Because you have crossed this boundary, we can no longer give to you. And then when we find out, you know, that they're, they've got a job, but they're still asking for money. Again, that's a boundary that you've crossed. We've said, if you have a job and you have money, then you have to figure out how to live within that. And so for, for me and, and for our household, it was that we were no longer going to give money. So we had to update or move our boundary and we just let them know, Hey, you know, moving forward, we're not going to do this anymore. And I think it's also important to understand financial boundaries, not only for ourselves, but for others so that people know what they can, what they can ask for. So if you are somebody who is living in, in a space where you have access to, you know, lots of money or extra money, or, you know, you just, you are the type of person who would rather give away all of the extra money that you have, uh, you know, thinking about who do you lend that to? When do you lend it? You know, are, are there any expectations with it or do you just give it freely? And when you understand that for yourself, as you start to deal with money and with others, you can let them know what's okay and what's not okay for you. Okay. And so when we think about setting boundaries, the next common question that I often get, and I will say this was the hardest part for me is what to expect after you set those boundaries. Because what we want to keep in mind that when you start to establish boundaries to say, yes, this is okay. No, that's not okay. This is a change and change is uncomfortable, period. No matter what type of change that you are making, whether it's with boundaries, whether it's with relationships, all of this kind of comes into play when we think about, you know, what, what we're doing with boundaries and, and how they're going to help us. But that change can really start to bring up something in other people. It may bring something up in you as well, but please notice that when it, when you start to set these boundaries, you may start to have some pushback. You may even have fallout. I have several friends that no longer talk to me because I started to really place a strong emphasis on the boundary of you know how how my family is treated. And, you know, when, when I look at people who, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, it doesn't really even matter to me. It, it's, um, you know, intentionally being racist is completely worse for me. But even when you're unintentionally racist and refuse or, or won't even own up to that or do the work to make the changes so that you are moving towards being anti-racist, like I, I can't deal with that. And when I place that boundary on friendships, I had a lot of people who stopped talking to me. And so I, I give that example to you to let you know that after you set boundaries, this may happen. And I will say that was probably the hardest part because, you know, no one likes to lose friends. No one likes to lose connection. Um, no one likes to be made to feel like they're the bad person because of what they've done or what, what you know, kind of the boundaries that they're setting for themselves but at the end of the day, I have to realize that do I really want or need to be in relationship with people who refuse to see the humanity of my family, who refuse to honor the boundaries that I've set 
for myself, for my safety, mentally and emotionally. No, I don't. And so what setting boundaries has done for me and adhering to them and enforcing them is it has given me the freedom to be okay with not being okay. Like I I know that I'm going to have friends that fall out. I see it all the time, you know, on Facebook and people will say something, will message me, you know, and, and we'll just stop being my friend because a lot of times some of the boundaries that I, that I set will bring out some truth in how other people are acting and no one likes to be called out. So just understand that you're going to get some pushback and maybe even some fallout. And the pushback may come from those who have traditionally kind of walked all over you, manipulated you, kind of coerced you into doing things that you may not want to do, but you felt like you kind of had to, right? So you may get a lot of pushback. And the hard part may be that the pushback will come the worst from your family, right? This is very difficult because families, um, I think, and again, this is another topic for another, another podcast, but families often come, not all the time, but oftentimes the word family and the expectations with that can be very toxic because not every family is well adjusted and has good connections and understands and adheres to boundaries. So this can be very difficult to establish with your own family members. Uh, A lot of times as we start to work with friends, they may be more apt to adhering to our boundaries because those are the people that we've kind of chosen as family. It may not, it may not be like that. It may be your friends that give the most pushback and your family accepts. But I just want to make you aware that as you set these boundaries, that, you know, you're, you're going to have some pushback and and maybe even some fallout. And, you know, the thing is, is I want you to also recognize and accept when somebody complies with your boundaries, it will feel really weird at first, because especially if you are not used to setting boundaries and enforcing them. But what happens if someone actually says, oh, I didn't realize that I did that. Thank you for pointing that out. And then they actually start to do the work to make the change. Let me tell you, the first time that that happened, I I messaged a friend and I said, hey, and I took a screenshot of of something uh, they had posted on Facebook. And again, I don't put a lot of stock in Facebook because again, it's just social media. Uh, But I, I think we're starting to see the shift of social media becoming this quote unquote safe platform where I can say and do whatever I want without any consequences. And and that's really where the problem is, is that yes, you can say and do whatever you want on Facebook, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have consequences. And so as I talked to a friend and I just said, Hey, I, I just wanted to let you know, I don't want to put you on blast on your page, but what you posted, uh, really hurt my feelings because it is racist in nature. And here's why here, here's the reason why it's racist and why it's, why it hurt me because it impacts my family. And the conversation that we were able to have was, it was genuine because when I was able to point that out and connect to, you know, really what it was and how, why it crossed a boundary for me and kind of what I was needing from them moving forward we've actually been able to engage in a lot of conversations. And the really cool part is that conversation has led us to have different conversations about what it means to be anti-racist and how, how they are seeing that in society, we're just kind of conditioned 
to follow along with white supremacist norms. It's how our society was created. And so, you know, I, I really, you know, kind of want to be in that space of, you know, here's my boundary. And even though we may not interact on a daily basis, when someone or something crosses that boundary, I have to make that decision. Do I actually want to say something or am I going to let it go? And if I let it go, am I okay with the fact that somebody crossed a boundary and I didn't enforce it? I, because that means that I can't then turn around and get upset at them later, right? Like, so I have to keep in mind <laughs> that I can't, I can't have this kind of give and take. Boundaries need to be set. They need to be enforced. And we need to know that it's okay for us to do this. It is okay to have boundaries because boundaries give us a clear, defined space of okay versus not okay. And the thing that I want to remind you when you set these boundaries is that you do not at all, not even a little bit, need to defend your boundaries or explain them. Period. I will repeat that again. You do not need to defend your boundaries or explain them period. Like there's just no discussion around this. If somebody is setting a boundary for themselves to keep them safe and whether that's emotionally, physically, mentally, morally, you know, financially, whatever the boundary is, you know, we do this so that we can keep ourselves safe and stable. And it is not up to interpretation for anyone else. Okay. But again, we don't need to engage in a lot of back and forth as to why we need to do this and why it's not okay. Because when you are firm in your boundaries, you can say, these are my boundaries. If you're okay with that, great. If not, I need you to be over here or we can't engage in a relationship anymore. You know, for example, at our house right now, uh, you know, we're in this space of Cecil and I both being vaccinated. And yet we have Allie, who is health compromised. So for us, if you're going to be in our house or you're going to be in our space, you need to have one of two things. We need to see a very recent negative test or you need to be vaccinated. And the reason why is because that's a boundary that we've set for physical safety of Allie. Nope. If you, whoever you are, unless you are, you know, direct family and we know that you, you know, we know where you've been that's really no one who comes into our house other than both Cecil and I, but we set that because we want to keep her safe. So the conversation was like, my nieces are getting ready to come and visit us. And so the, the stipulation was either A, you're going to need to be tested before you come out or B, we need to have a vaccine right? We need to be vaccinated. And so fortunately, I, I think my, my brother-in-law for this is making sure that they are vaccinated to keep them healthy and safe. But then it, by proxy, that means Alan will be safe and healthy. And, and I really appreciate that as I was texting my brother-in-law about kind of the boundary that we're setting, that there was zero pushback. It was an amazing conversation. He said, yeah, absolutely. I understand. And it really made me feel very good that I didn't have to explain any other than, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, and so I, I want to encourage you to know that you are, are perfectly fine with saying what you need to say for yourself in terms of boundaries to keep yourself safe. Now, I, I said as we were going to kind of come to the end, I wanted to give some examples of boundaries because this is oftentimes where we find ourselves wondering, well, what next? 
how do I actually do this? Like, yeah, 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 Cynthia, it's great that you tell me, set boundaries, they're good for you, it helps keep you safe and stable, blah, 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 but how? <laughs> so it's not lost on me that setting boundaries is something that's very difficult and it takes time and it takes practice. Uh, and I, I'll say I'm not even perfect. Like, you know, even in my relationship with Cecil, like this is somebody I'm spending the rest of my life with. And yet we are still ebbing and flowing with our boundaries because it's, you know, as you get into relationships, they do change and they do shift. And, you know, we think about what is okay and what's not okay. What do we need to, you know, remain safe and healthy? So some of the examples that I can give is when you, I want you to think about two different ways in which you're setting boundaries. Okay. So when we set boundaries, it's important to use like I messages, like I feel blank when this happens and I need this versus you're not doing XYZ. What that is, is that's blame and shame. And let me tell you, blame and shame have no place in healthy relationships. It's, it's dark, it's messy, and we don't need it. So some specific examples utilizing the I messages, right? So someone who stops by, uh, I mean, this is like, during when I was a teacher, something that used to really upset me a lot is that people would often stop by during plan time or, um, you know, right before school or when I'm trying to get work done, because I'd like to be very intentional about the time that I have. And if all you're going to do is come and chit chat, there's a time and there's a place for that. And so thinking about like if somebody were to stop by on plan time or if you're working in the office during your office break or, you know, randomly someone just stops by and is talking, you know, too long or just stops by too frequently, you know, is somebody dropping by your cubicle every 15, 20 minutes or, you know, every hour and really bothering you and you're just not able to get stuff done. So, you know, oftentimes we would say you have to stop bothering me during my plan time, quit bothering me, quit coming up. Instead, a healthy way to set a boundary would, because when you just say, you have to stop bothering me, it, it doesn't really provide any guidance and it, it doesn't establish that boundary. So instead we can say, I need some time to myself during my plan time. I need some time to myself during break time. Okay. And it's just simply like that. And maybe, you know, another example could be if you're in a relationship um, with a partner and maybe so in a relationship and your partner isn't respecting your career choices, right? Maybe you've decided you want to go in a different route and they're just not being supportive instead of saying you never support me. And it makes me mad. Instead, a healthy way to verbalize your boundary is I need you to respect my career choice. If you cannot support me and my choices, we cannot stay together. And I will say Cecil ran into this in, in his last relationship, and I know that I did as well. Um, you know, we had we had the discussion of, you know, I, I'm going to quit my job and I will move to where you are. And I, I'm going to give you two years to get to your dream job, right? So it was when I was dating a football coach and he wanted to be a head coach. And I said, okay, so I'm going to quit my career of being an admin and I will try to find a teaching job or whatever job near you for two years. And in that two years, if you've reached your head coaching position, we'll figure out what to do next. If in those two years you don't, right, the end of the two years, if you don't, then we're going to look at the shift being, you know, that it becomes the priority of me 
getting an admin position and me getting into, you know, something a little bit more established. And so that was a boundary that, that we had set, right? And so that's just one example of how to set that in a relationship. But when you are with your significant other, it is incredibly important to know what's okay and what's not okay. And, and your partner should be the, the first person above all others that respects those boundaries. And it's really important for Cecil and I that we share our boundaries with each other right? So that we can have the healthiest relationship possible. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's also important that we share boundaries that we have with other people. Because what that does is it helps us to support each other. And oftentimes, especially when we're first setting boundaries or we're changing boundaries and expectations, it's, it's really nice to have that support, right? To have someone else who can stand behind you and say, yep, nope, that's your boundary. Let's keep that, right? Or it's also helpful to have those reality checks. Like this will happen often with Cecil and I when we start, you know, when we think about our boundaries that we have outside of our relationship and when we start to cross those boundaries or we, we start to let the boundaries become kind of fuzzy and it's helpful that we have a partner that, you know, because we have open lines of communication, he's my best friend and vice versa, I'm his best friend. So we, we really have no... <laughs> it, it's, it's, to me, it's been very interesting to see how honestly and openly we communicate with each other. But what that has allowed us to do is to be in that space of saying, you know what, this, you said that you were only going to do this and you were not going to take meeting calls after, you know, 8 PM, I think is the time that we decided for family time. And so, you know, as, as we start to do that, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's right. You, thank you for the reminder. Right. So that, that's how boundaries kind of ebb and flow. And it helps you to become it's just practice. Right. It helps you become into that space of this. This is what I said I'm going to do and I'm going to adhere to it because it help, it keeps me healthy. So when do you shut off for the night? You know, thinking about what, what is what is your boundary that, you, that you're going to say, I, I'm definitely OK with this and I'm not OK with that. And so one thing that you can think about uh, when its boundaries is what happens when somebody crosses them. And so a lot, oftentimes people will think, well, if you cross a boundary, that should have to come with a consequence. And here's what I want you to, to keep in mind about consequences is that if you have consequences, make sure that you're able and willing to actually enforce the consequences. So kind of thinking back to that relationship uh, example that I gave about career choices. Right? So I need you to support me uh, with my career choices. If you can't respect that, then we can't be together. This is where you have to know that your consequence said that we're going to have to break up if they can't adhere to your boundary. And if they aren't adhering to your boundary, are you actually able to adhere to that consequence and say, then we're breaking up? Okay? So, you know, you think about at our house, it's pretty easy. We just say, if, if you don't have that vaccine or if you don't have that negative test that you can show me, then I'll have to meet you outside because I'm not going to let you inside my house. This is, this is my space. And this is a boundary I set. And so, you know, but I know that it's made a couple people uncomfortable and they've kind of scoffed at that. And, and that's fine. You know, that's on them. But for us, what we will do is what's needed to keep everybody safe and healthy. So consequences with boundaries are important, but we also have to make sure that it's something that we can actually do. So never say, 
if you can't adhere to this boundary, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And knowing that like, that's just not even, that that's just not possible. Okay. And so as we think about boundaries, re, you know, reminding ourselves that, you know, to just start with reflecting on yourself, where you find your biggest frustration or your biggest pain points in the relationships that you have with others, whether it's at work, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with your family, friends, whatever, that's those frustration, those pain points, that's where you need to start digging in and seeing what is so frustrating and why is it frustrating? And it's like, what once we find out the why, we can say, what do I need to do? What boundary do I, do I need to set? What type of expectations do I need to put on this relationship in order for it to remain intact and healthy? So boundaries are not something that we do to always keep others out. It can also be where, where, what we put up around us to keep ourselves and others safe. Okay, so think about like a fence that you may put up around your house. It's not necessarily to keep people out. It's just saying, you know, this is my space. And when you come, come into this space, here's what I'm going to need from you. And, you know, people who adhere to your boundaries, great. You know, thank them and, you know, do yourself a favor and adhere to other people's boundaries as well. Because that's, that's really how we start to A, normalize this and B, make it a very common practice. Like it's just something that we do because we honor who others are and we're going to honor what's okay and what's not okay. And also, please, 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 please don't shame or blame people for their boundaries. Just because someone may have a boundary in place for them and what's okay for their family and maybe it makes no sense to you. That's the thing with boundaries is we set them to keep ourselves safe and healthy, and we don't set boundaries based on what other people may think or feel, okay? So boundaries are for us, although they help others to know, right, to understand how to better interact with us, where they can be, where they can't be, what they can do, what they can't do, what they can say, what they can't say, how they can treat you, how they can't treat you, right? It it does help, but when you set boundaries, it is for you, whatever you need to remain safe, stable, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. So with that, I encourage all of you really to kind of dig deep. And your your homework this week is just that. Dig deep into your relationships. Let this be your journal prompt this week. Where do I see the biggest frustrations and pain points in my relationships? And what do I need in order to to make them better, to reduce that frustration, to reduce that pain point, to have a better, healthier relationship with wherever I'm seeing that frustration and pain points, right? So what do I need to put into place? So boundaries are, are really good and, and it helps to be very direct, clear, and kind because when we, when we clearly establish our boundaries, it is beneficial for everybody involved. So with that, I hope that all of you guys have a great week. Remember that boundaries are for you. It helps others to engage and you are worthy of taking the time to figure out where boundaries may need to be set, may need to be more clearly defined, or maybe even changed. Because again, as we grow and change, our boundaries may need to do the same. And don't be afraid to have that deep look in, into where 
you yourself may have fallen short with your own boundaries because I'll, I'll leave you with this. Boundaries can also be set with yourself. What are you going to allow yourself to do and what will you not? And what happens when you cross that boundary? What, what needs to happen? So I hope that you found this conversation to be very beneficial. If you did, share the podcast. Share it with some other people who may need to understand about boundaries a little better. While you're doing that, take time to rate and leave a review of this podcast. When you do that, it helps to kind of expand our audience and bring the message to others. And I I am very appreciative of everyone who has tuned in so far and those who continue to listen. Uh, I appreciate everyone who stuck with us that we, as we had technical difficulties this last week, um, definitely a user error on my end, but we got everything all figured out and we're ready to move forward. So uh, thank you for joining me this week. I hope that you have a wonderful day and know that you are definitely worthy of all the work that you put into yourself so that you can live your best whole life. So have a great day or not. The choice is yours. The records I listen to, they don't sound like the same old shit that you used to. The clothes I wear, you might not be up on it yet. Y'all just ain't up on it yet. What you think, what you say, what you might do. When the crowd and the place is nothing like you, do you stay?